0: Yo,
1: Costa What's up, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Feeling good today. Are oh, you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We didn't spend too much time together today. That's why. We didn't. People listen to the recurring theme.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, this is like your 17th cup of coffee, though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I do have a little bit, of, little bit of stuff to do, but you did a lot of work today. I did. I worked very hard today. Why don't you
0: tell everybody what you did?
1: Because I'm, I'm sure they're going you know, to feel
0: the plight of the priest. Guys, I, I just want to let you know... <laughs> I worked very hard. I figured I was the hardest-working campus minister here at St. John the Baptist. You go figure that. In air quotes, (laughs) I was ministering. So he comes
1: up at some point (laughs) of the day. He, like, disappeared. And he comes up, and he's not wearing his Roman collar, which you'd normally do. Right. So then the question was, like, where were you? He goes, I was ministering to And and you would think at least the collar would be on. (laughs) You know he has like an Under Armour thing on, but there's no collar underneath. So why don't you tell everybody where you are ministering, Father Dave?
0: Well, it's 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 March Madness, uh-huh. right? And so the gym teachers have for the entire month of March are playing basketball in the gym, mm-hmm. all different kinds of games with the students. Well, it's their gym class. Yeah, yeah. So students. I just happened to to walk down past the gym. Because I was getting you water, which is nowhere near the closet. It's nowhere it's near <laughs> our offices, or nowhere near the water is. But go on, tell your story. Well, anyway, I was cold. I, I I heard the I heard the bounce of the ball, and I was drawn to it. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so maybe C period, maybe third period. Uh-huh. I was in there, and I was running around. You know, mm-hmm. with the sophomores and the junior uh, with the sophomores and freshmen. And then later on, I got the chance to play with the juniors and the seniors at a different period, right? And I was working hard mm-hmm. because everybody wants to try to score on the priest, right? Because you're he's the biggest trash talker ever. He's fat, he's overweight, he's all out true. Of shape, all right? True. It's all true. Yeah. But you know what? They just don't have the goods. They just didn't have the goods. So I'm, I, the Brentwood comes out of me, the trash talk is on, and yet nobody could score,
1: so i'm just wondering how people are hearing this like there's many of you that know father dave and i'm sorry about that and probably most of you don't so i don't know if you're thinking about the the bing crosby father o'malley 50s going to the school gym (laughs) laughing with the kids making them feel better about themselves (laughs) but that's not it because you get i've seen you play you get like a steely eye (laughs) you know you you,
0: you would you you would sooner run over someone if they're blocking I, your, your path to the basket, I might have. Yeah. I this might have came out of my mouth as we're <laughs> running. Kill him! He's got the ball. Kill him! I want blood. <laughs> so that was that was good ministering. It was good ministering because yeah. you know what they the 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 children of today. And I'm saying this, and he can't even handle it. People, I'm telling you right now, it's like the children of today mm-hmm. need to know that there's somebody that they can relate to. <laughs> Because you're a child. They could certainly relate to you. <laughs> exactly. You know, we
1: were walking in here, and there's a tour going on of the school, and you stopped to say hello. And the student tour guide said, and Father Dave is the light of the
0: school. <laughs> and I, he heard it. I really wanted to throw up right there, except I didn't think it'd be good for public relations. And then, because I had to, I said, you know, everybody, this is Mr. Costa. He is my subordinate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, you, I'm glad you had a good time playing basketball. I did, and you know what? Maybe somebody's soul was saved at that mm-hmm. moment. Um,
1: <laughs> we got we got we got some feedback about, and good feedback about um, last week's podcast, and not not a not about the theological part, of course not. It was about well, it because was about, we're not
0: deep. <laughs> no,
1: it was about Batman. <laughs> so I get a text. And, and I, I kind of knew this was in the background because um, Ricky had like really put it on. It sounded great. But I get a text Saturday morning from an event and she said, is that Nirvana playing in the background? <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't listened to it, it really, it's very, very cool. But I think what's funny about it is like because it was put on after, the conversation is like the conversation we're having now. We have no idea that Nirvana is playing in the
0: background. <laughs> but I like it. I like well, it. at least if, if somebody was not inspired by our words, mm-hmm. which was probably all of them, then at least Nirvana playing in the background well, wasn't. My version. friend changed her playlist for Saturday, so <laughs> she, there you she was in Nirvana. So it had. <laughs> we did there was some one good. person whose life we changed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man! So one of the things that happened in the last week—I don't know about you—we really haven't talked about it. Quite surprisingly, is the um, the baseball yeah. cuts over. So no, I don't know if you about no shift. That's not for this year, but it's for another few years.
0: Yeah, I'm tired of these rules. Like, if if that's how, I can't stand that. Like, you don't like the shift. You don't like the fact that there'll be no shift. The, the fact that there won't be no shift because guys couldn't hit through the shift. That's what I'm or thinking. Hit the other way or bunt. You're a, a professional Major League Baseball player.
1: I learn how to go the other way. We hadn't talked about this, but I feel I feel very very similarly. Like the the purpose is to win the game and to get on base. Right. If you if there's nobody in the hole between second base, not the hole. There's nobody between second base. I and know. Third base. Just
0: you know, do a check swing. Put the exactly. ball down there. Pass the pitcher. You get like a double. They, you like, for those people. For it's usually predominantly when they do it for lefties mm-hmm. who can't who can't hit the opposite way. It's like okay, you have established yourself, mm-hmm. and now the league figured you out and has. Has adjusted yeah. to you yeah, like every you have other re- sport, right? You have to readjust. Yeah, you now have to adapt your game, mm-hmm. right? And, and I just I can't stand that. We're, it's just so soft.
1: The, I agree with you. I think the, the baseball lifers are, would be rolling their eyes at us, like, "Oh no, you don't understand." It's Like, "Oh no, I do."
0: Right? Yeah. And I'm I'm tired. Just like, I want a do your to job. Think, I. I, I love the DH for the AL, but I think that there was something special about cool. the NL yeah. not having a DH. Yeah, double switch. And yeah, with the double switches, you know. And, and hey, listen, if a guy in the National League was going to throw high and tight at somebody, he knew he had to get in that box. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's there might have been a hesitancy. That's true, yeah. And now, like, I just – there was the, it made the NL special. It made yes. them both unique. Yeah. And I, oh. I just – to me – well, it's just so many changes. I just, I know change is good sometimes, but sometimes like, not with baseball. I don't know. But we have,
1: you know, the Mets are having a decent-looking possibility. I know. I know. But they, but they pull a Mets thing right from the start. Pete Alonso can't even get to camp. <laughs> I know. His
0: car flips over.
1: I know. Thank it, God he's okay.
0: I think. But I mean, did you? But, bet- for the
1: sake of Pete and his wife, I don't mean because the Mets. Because the well. Mets,
0: but like, but his poor wife was driving right behind him. She saw the whole thing unfold. Yeah. What a scary moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But that's such a Mets thing. Yeah. And you. apparently apparently all yeah, it is a Mets thing, mm-hmm. right? But apparently like after flipping three times like he kicks out the windshield yeah. and walks out and he's only got a scratch. I mean Yeah, it's wow. amazing.
1: It's amazing. So wow. thank God for him, you know, and hopefully there's yeah. no residuals or anything like that, but Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it is a little bit, a little bit exciting to think about. It is about. exciting. There'll be some normalcy this year. Yeah. You know, so more normalcy. Let's there, go which Tigers. Is, which is what we all need. Do they have a team this year? <laughs> I, that sounded like I was being snarky. I wasn't. Do they look like they have a good team this year? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Everybody goes into spring training with high hopes.
0: Uh, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. But, well, that's why I can root for both the Tigers and the Mets. Mm-hmm. Because they will never meet together. <laughs> at Remember the end of that the year. almost
1: happened in two thousand six. It did. If the
0: Mets had won Game Six against the Cardinals. And that's it would why be I hate the Cardinals. Yeah. yeah, that's why I hate the Cardinals. That was a little rough. It but really was. We don't want to. We don't want to. No, we're not going to 06. Let's move on.
1: No. Before we l- look at the readings, we're going to have um, another another student on. We've been doing that, and I, I would really recommend if you did not listen to last week's podcast. I, rec- I don't recommend you do, but um, except go to it and listen to the middle. We had a, a fantastic interview with with Ashley Blum. That oh my was, gosh! My God, she sets the world on fire. Um, I would good really kid. recommend if you, really if you, especially if you're not normally around high school students, you have to listen. Take a listen to last week, and we have another great one with us this week. Um, Sophia Scarpa, who's been around here for a She's long a rock star. time. Yeah, it seems like longer than four years, but in a I good, know. in a good way, right? <laughs> So let's uh, let's, um, let's introduce Sophia, and uh, we'll come back to you in a second. Well, we're here with another person who is on for the second time. You, Paige was the first one, mm-hmm. and, and now this is Sophia, who is with us in Indianapolis, uh, also a senior, and um, is never at a loss for words except perhaps right this moment.
2: <laughs> I did have to... Um, think about this for a little bit. Yeah, I understood.
1: Well, it's not like you wake up in the morning and, and your parents say to you, uh, so how do you think Lent is going to prepare you for Easter? <laughs> it, it does take some reflection to of come course. up with a, a semblance of an answer to that question. No, of course. So um, as a pseudo-parent, uh, what, how do you think that uh, Lent is going to prepare you for Easter this year, Sophia?
2: Um, I think, I mean— I think Lent prepares us all spiritually, especially through our participation in the church, but it's also about the initiative that you take for preparing yourself mm-hmm. because essentially, you, you know, you're participating in Lent, but if you, you're not setting any goals or striving to do anything or make any progress um, as an individual, you're just going to, I guess, sit idle in a sense. So it, it's really important, I think, to set those goals for yourself and not even goals, but just guidelines or have an idea of how you want it to progress um
1: how do you think it helps us dig a little deeper because i think you have the capability of of, of talking about this um we we may give up things for lent we may do extra things for lent but have you ever reflected on, like the whys of that what the what the purpose of of that is has that ever come um something that you thought about
2: yeah no absolutely i was actually i mean I've kind of been discerning like what I want to give up and mm-hmm. what I want to add for the past couple of days. Um and I think I think I finally decided on mine, but um I think it's really interesting when you do pose that question because a lot of people see Lent as a time for like a lot of personal growth, a lot of self growth. And that's mm-hmm. of course what it is and deepening our relationship and our faith with God. But at the same time, I think it's very easy to misconstrue it in a in a wrong way. It so just
1: like, becomes a thing to do. Yes. That's devoid of meaning.
2: Uh-huh. And it's kind of like New Year's. Mm-hmm. You know, New Year's, mm. everyone sets these goals. I'm going to be a better me. A well, that's a good analogy. Me. I
1: never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. You know, you set all these goals, and a lot of it does have to do with, like, appearance. Phys- like, a lot of mm-hmm. people are like, oh, you know, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to work out. This is the other thing. But I think we neglect um, ourselves emotionally mm-hmm. and, and spiritually as well because— you know, we could grow, So we could do this, that, the other, we could read more books, we can eat better food, we could not eat this type of food. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we're neglecting what's inside of us and yeah. our souls. And I think that needs just as much um, replenishing and it, it needs just as much care and attention as our physical body does. And I think that we, it's just very common to get lost in that Um
1: I think I think that's so true and it's it's so well said because there are so many other pressures on us too um, you know the pressures that come from society and that you kind of said it very well if if we're not whole ourselves or are not, Feeling put together, how are we going to evangelize? How are we going to to how how would somebody know from us that we're followers of of Jesus Christ if if and none of us are perfect all the time and all of us struggle and and we all go up and down and up and down with this, um, but if we're not taking time out of it for ourselves, this you know the faith will not be appealing to anybody.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I was over the, the break that we had, I was listening to, um, a talk that, um, there's a group called communion liberation and they meet, uh, multiple all over the world, but mm-hmm. they have a play, uh, a meeting in New York city every year. So I was watching some of the videos and, and this, um, Monsignor Jasani who was passed, but he's the one that started it. And he said, really, the only ultimate question is Jesus. Yes. Or no, that's the only question that matters. Are we accepting him? Are we not accepting him? And as you were talking, you were making me think of that because I think when we dig down deep to say, well, why are we giving these things up? Is is it making room for him?
2: Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. And like I said, like we get lost in that translation of the true purpose of it because it's mm-hmm. like, yes, you know, when we um, like revitalize ourselves and we care for ourselves, we are caring for Jesus because, yeah. you know, there's that, um, I guess, translation. But at the same time, The intent, like, Uh is this a selfish intent or is this a selfless intent? Like, are we doing this to create space for him? Right. Or are we doing this to create space for other things that we want to fit in?
1: And I might add to that, is there ever a pressure that... And especially maybe going to a Catholic school, you have to have a good answer. If somebody says, what are you doing for Lent? Like, oh, I need to come up with something good. I sometimes feel that, almost as, as a person who is a, a minister here. Mm-hmm. Like, I better have a good answer. And if you ask me that question now, I wouldn't have a good answer for you, because we've been so busy trying to put Lent together. Yeah. But nevertheless, that I think that's part of it, too. Like, we, we you know, maybe for the wrong reasons, say, oh, I, I need to be clever, or I need to be outside the box. And sometimes that's not helpful, either.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, I used to do that, like... Um, you know, I have a lot of religious people in my life. Yeah. And just all of my family practices and all of my friends and their parents.
1: I could are, see you doing that. I could see you like if with the best intention, like I'm gonna have something really, really good yeah. this year to give up and I'm gonna tell everybody about mm-hmm. it. Not in a boastful way, but I kinda know how you work. No, exactly.
2: Yeah. And then it's like but then you think about it and it's like, Okay, well, hey, does that really have any true meaning besides like <laughs> me like looking good and like, right, right, being, like right. a, a virtuous Catholic? <laughs> yes, like, exactly. Um but, you know, like, I'll be honest, I think the past three months I gave up coffee mm-hmm. and that was it. Yeah, that was it. I gave up coffee the past three months and I do it every month. You know, at first I was like, mm, does, is that even like a good answer? It can be, you know,
1: it depends. But that's that's a great question. How d- how did you what did that do for you inside? Now, I'm not talking about the, the jitters and. Becoming decaffeinated, but did it did it deepen a relationship, or or no, did it not?
2: It did because honestly, any time I, would, I would look at a cup of coffee and be like, "Oh no, I can't do that." And it's like, I can't do that for the sake of me, but I also can't do that for Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so not, that
1: seems like it's working great.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but I think it's it's all about how you interpret. You're it.
1: awesome because that just encapsulated the reason that we do this. Yeah. You know, the reason that we take this season out to do things a little differently. Mm-hmm. You know, so to yeah. remember Him.
2: Yeah, it's all about, really, like I said, the intent and the purpose behind it. Because mm-hmm. there's two ways to view it. Yeah. Um, so very you cool. So just do your best to view yeah. it the right way.
1: Well, thank you so much for doing this. And this was very good. You just kind of wandered by the studio. <laughs> and, so what are you doing? Well, thanks for having I
2: me. I knew
1: you'd have something good to say. So
2: Thanks so much.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks, Sophia. All right. So thank you for this, excuse me. Thank you to Sophia, and uh, yeah. we we'll hope to have more students on. That was yeah. like we said. That was always the goal of this, and exactly. COVID played a role in not letting it happen. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. they're fun to listen to. They're fun to work with too. Oh my gosh, they're, they're amazing. amazing. Yeah. Uh, so we really did want to look at the readings for this week, and uh, sometimes I don't know about you. I mean, you do this more. You do this for a living. Um, I look at the readings, and I either have something to say or nothing to say. Sometimes I look and say, I have no idea what to say about this. And I, I was so, when I looked at the first Sunday afternoon I was working on this, and and the first and the second reading, um, like really struck me on so many levels. So maybe I'll... Because I'll, you
0: thought it thought it made you think of me? Yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> That's why I was so happy I didn't see you on Sunday. <laughs> he, guys, he will often text me. On, on a Saturday night, oh, sorry, I couldn't respond to your text message. I went to Mass in another parish uh, just, to get a go, just to get a good homily.
1: And he's not lying. That happened, that <laughs> happened this week yeah. as, I, as I was walking into
0: church. And as you were, you were trying to get information from me for your homily. <laughs> That's right. I've got to be honest with you guys. I will say this, and I'm only going to say it this one time. Uh, Costa's meditations the last couple of weeks have really helped me. He'd come up with a really good homily.
1: <laughs> but you set the bar so low. <laughs> so anyway, the first reading is from um, the book of Exodus, and it's the, the familiar story for many of us of the, uh, the burning bush. And um, I just want to read some of it for you. Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, a priest of Midian. Leading the flock across the desert, he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, an angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in the fire, flaming out of a bush. As he looked on, he was surprised to see that the bush, though on fire, was not consumed. So Moses decided, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight and see why the bush has not burned. When the Lord saw him coming over to look at it more closely, he called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, and he answered, here I am. God said, come no nearer remove the sandals from your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground i am the god of your fathers he continued the god of abraham the god of isaac and the god of jacob moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at god but the lord said i have witnessed the affliction of my people in egypt and i have heard their cry of complaint against the slave-drivers So I know well what they are suffering. Therefore, I have come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and lead them out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Moses said to them, but when I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, if they ask me, what is his name, what am I to tell them? God replied, I am who am. Then he added, this is what you shall say to the Israelites, I am sent me to you. God spoke further than Moses. Thus shall you say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me. This is my name forever. Thus I am remembered through all generations. So there's so much here. Oh, you know, man, to, to really beautiful to really comment passage. upon. Um, so let's start almost like as as it goes through about this about this burning bush. Mm-hmm. Um I think when I saw it, did you ever see the Ten Commandments, the Charlton Heston version? Oh,
0: an, I, I, I was actually, as you're reading it, I'm visualizing, visualizing the, it? The, the, the movie.
1: Yeah. Um, and so that was my first image of, I guess, anything anything biblical. And I, but I don't remember specifically the burning bush, but the, the idea of something on fire, but not really on fire, mm-hmm. is really interesting to me. Um, because we we can talk even in a general way about we want to be close to warmth, um, but we get too close to it, and it, it could burn us, right? Almost mm-hmm. like the uh, too close to the sun yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, ty- type of thing. Um, and, and I think that's something that they're trying to get across here. We're drawn towards the good, right? We're drawn to that which is beautiful, whether it's our relationships with each other, our relationships with God— um, are 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 helping others. We're, we're, we typically are drawn to something good, but I think as humans, and and I picked this up a lot in in the writings of Rollheiser, who we've referred to. Um, we we do have a sense for we're also drawn towards the infinite. Mm-hmm. When we see that good, then we want more of that good, and then we want mm-hmm. more of that good. Thomas Aquinas: the good, the true,
0: and the beautiful. Right, but it's where is it? what's the end game? Heaven.
1: Yeah. That's, see, that's what, it, that's what it should be. I think yeah. all of us get wrapped up in we focus on the thing, the thing that's leading us to the good. Sure. And a, a friend of mine sent me a quote I would just like um, to read it. It's from, from Thomas Keating. Um, and he said, Every human pleasure is meant to be a stepping stone to knowing God better or discovering some new aspects of God. Only when that stepping stone becomes an end in itself, that is, when we over-identify with it, Does it distort the divine intention? Everything in the universe is meant to be a reminder of God's presence.
0: I love that quote. is that a quote? quote. Oh,
1: my gosh. That's just a a beautiful way of encapsulating what I believe is part of the story of the burning bush. You know, God identifying with something that's beautiful, something that we would be drawn to. But ultimately, in this case, because of this little freak of nature of the bush not burning, um, that, that can't harm us. Mm-hmm. You know the, the we can't get we can't get too close to him.
0: Well, yeah, that's and also too just uh, in this particular part of salvation history, th- there was still the veil of uh, of God's presence. You know, yep. nobody could stand in front of the presence of God without you know without being struck down. Th- that's a really good point too. You know, not until even later on in Moses' story, he says, you know, like. I want to see you mm-hmm. pretty much. And, and the Lord says, I, you can't see my face. Yep. I will only let you see my back, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, that, a little
1: bit of that mystery. And I right. think for Catholics, I mean, half an hour ago, we were at mass and you were distributing me communion. Right, that, That's quite the difference between what we're seeing here is like, you can't, you know, you can't really see me is that there has to be some mystery and some separation between us. Right. Whereas we believe as Catholics, God wants us to be, you know, to be part yeah. of
0: him. And then like in the fulfillment of time, mm-hmm. when God deemed that the Israelite people, like when the world would be ready mm. for the completion of the message, that's when we get to see the face of God. Right, yeah. right, right. And yep. be able to look into his eyes. Yep. You know,
1: I, I love this. Because it, it, in English, it, it's so clunky when he says, well, what, what's your name? He goes, I am who am. Because it just sounds like bad grammar right? in English, right. you know? Yeah. Um, but that's typically translated. It, there's, there's different translations, but there's no direct translation out of Hebrew. But closer to, like, I am existence. Like, I am. Yeah. Is that what you were saying before about I, I, you can't limit me by a name?
0: Yeah. You yeah. Know, and, and, like, when we hear, like, I am who am, <clears throat> you know, in the larger contest context, yes, he's he's saying, he's saying, I I, am, I just am, I am, I am mm-hmm. the, the pureness of existence. Yeah. Whereas, which is completely contra- like contradictory to other civilizations and their understanding of gods. Mm-hmm. You know, this one was uh, the you know uh, the god of thunder. This one was the god of. Uh, fertility, this one was the right. God of this and the God of that. And Moses having come out of Egypt, where they had their own versions of gods, uh, you know, with this own, like, boxed mm-hmm. in understanding version of it, and, and they're all created in the image and likeness of man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now we see the opposite at the burning bush, where, he, you know, Moses is not. You know Moses is not creating God in his image and likeness you know like God is saying I just am yeah you know it reminds and I'm the me God
1: of all of it we were talking about the infinite a second ago God you know even though we're searching for the infinite that only infinite is God we mm-hmm. we, we tend to search for the infinite in fixed objects yeah yeah that, right. we, that we want to apply that meaning on like this will make me happy right this relationship will make me happy mm-hmm. and it might. But without God in the picture, it's ultimately going to fail. Right. It failed to make me happy. I'm a relation. is going to fail, but it's ultimately going to fail to give me that fulfillment. Michael, Father Michael Hines from Boston College says, um, "Once you have defined God, it's no longer God you're talking about." Yeah,
0: you know? yeah it's it's so true. I think I
1: think that's and what. That's this exactly
0: is. here what we're what we're referring yeah. to here.
1: And and the last thing that I, I took from this is Moses's hesitation at the end, like, "Well, how am I going to do this?" And we see that often with the prophets in the Old Testament. There's this, like, "No, no, I can't do this." And and I love as we and I don't know if it's part of it's going to be one of the readings moving on, when, um, you know, Moses is generally um, understood to have had a speech impediment. Yeah. And and God says to him, but I want you to go to speak to the Pharaoh. That's not part of this story, but later on, it's like, well, how am I going to do that? He goes, oh, don't worry about it.
0: Well, I love how, like, God says to, like, Moses, he he knew he would draw him in, Mm -hmm. right, by by the vision of the burning bush, and now he's standing in there, and he goes, listen, I've heard the cry of the people, Mm -hmm. right, and I'm going to rescue them, This and I'm going to send you. You're gonna you're gonna go to the people. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm going to do it through you. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to rescue them through you. Yeah. And I can only imagine the, well, first of all, you know, the level of guilt and shame mm-hmm. that Moses had for committing murder. Sure, right. That he was. That like, he was. Why carrying would God pick heart. me? Yeah. Why would he? You know. Why would he be chosen? Mm-hmm. And then also too, like uh, you know, like you were saying, the speech impediment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like so. So it's probably one thing that you have to deal with that just in the people that you're living with and, mm-hmm. and, and dealing with, and now you want me to go to the like one of the highest stages on, like the one of the biggest platforms in the world at the time, <laughs> yeah, and and now be public like be a public speaker, yeah, an advocate for the for the Israelites yep. <laughs> towards Pharaoh,
1: <laughs> God can choose us to do anything, yeah. I don't know if you were. In 2019, when we were in Indianapolis, uh, you might have been hearing confessions. There was um, something going on where they had all these students reading their favorite, and adults mm. too, their favorite biblical quotes. Love that part. I Do, love you that were there part. for that? I was there for that. And this boy with a very clear speech impediment gets up and reads this. I'm, I'm going to get choked up like thinking yeah. about it. Oh my God, it was beautiful. Yeah. You know, can really you imagine was. hearing that as you're, you're a little boy and you know, maybe you can't speak like everybody else, but Moses had the same thing.
0: Yeah. Oh Lord. Yeah. And that was like, he, he spoke, he shared his favorite Bible quote with mm-hmm. 20,000 yeah. people yeah. that night. Yeah. That was beautiful. Um,
1: so it really is an amazing story. I, there's there's something else about how you know Moses resisted and our own um, willingness acceptance of wanting to help. I think we'll save that because I think this is a common theme. So we'll save that for another time.
0: Yeah, I, I think simply simply put, like I, I come across this quote often, and you know, you know, God doesn't call the qualified; <laughs> he qualifies the called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and yeah. and so you know Moses obviously clearly didn't mm-hmm. feel. Qualified for this. Oh, yeah. And yet, our Lord equipped him, you know, and qualified him for that well, task.
1: That, that really is a beautiful segue into the next reading of, of Paul's letter to the Corinthians because it's really about humility. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll read that. It, and and Paul says, "I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our and he's talking here about the wandering in the desert. Um, the you know what what happens after the reading from we just read, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all of them were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Yet." God was not pleased with most of them, and they were struck down in the desert. These things happen as examples for all of us, so that we might not desire evil things as they did. Do not grumble as some of them did, and suffer death by the destroyer. These things happen to them as an example, and they have been written down as a warning to us, upon whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, whoever thinks he is standing secure should take care not to fail. Like, he's saying this to the people that are following Jesus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's not trying to get recruits here.
0: No. I you mean, and, and and gang, for, for so many, like, for those of us who might not be aware of what happens, in Exodus, you know, because the people were so obstinate and they wanted to go back mm-hmm. to Pharaoh, and how many times they begged Moses, and how many times Moses had said, Lord, like, <laughs> what do you want me to do with these mm-hmm. people like they're just so hardened like they they just don't get it mm-hmm. and so they had to spend you know, because they the lord knew that they were not ready to enter into the promised land mm-hmm. the, the land that had been promised you know right, uh, f- right. flowing with milk and honey starting with abraham and that's why that entire generation mm-hmm. does not see the holy land they yeah. they don't see it they don't f- they like they don't get to encounter the promise
1: And I think that message to humility is for all of us. So if you're listening to this podcast, it means that you have some desire into taking a deeper dive probably. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I I think for all of us in that situation, you and I included, Dave, is that we, we always need to stay on our toes. What can we be doing more? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and take baby steps, and and then Lent's a perfect opportunity for this. You know, we talked about we talked about it more in the weeks leading up to it, but this Lent, are we, are we, are we? If we haven't gone to church regularly, can at least go to church regularly? If we haven't gone to confession in a while, can at least go to confession once? Yeah, you know, yeah. What, whatever it might be, alms giving. If we've given a little bit, can we give a little bit more to those in need? Um, whatever can we do? Can we do more and not say, okay, well, I'm I'm giving up chocolate. That's all I'm doing.
0: Right. Good start. Nothing wrong with that. Right. If you struggle with eating a lot of chocolate. Yeah. Right. But you, but, know, it, you know,
1: can we can we make
0: it to be something more than this? Yeah. And 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 I think that if if you and I are um, if you and I are taking a look at you know like even right now, if you and I are taking a look at the last two weeks of of our Lent, does it embody the spirit of humility? Mm -hmm. Right. If it doesn't embody the spirit of humility, what are we doing wrong? And then how could we, if we don't have that spirit of humility, uh, that's intertwined in in when we like recall the, how the last two weeks are going, Mm -hmm. then we are obviously not engaged. Mm -hmm. And, and we obviously are not taking a, a harder, making a harder attempt, or taking a deeper dive, um, and, and, and deeper reflective reflection time into what this season is all about.
1: It, and and I think if and I'll, I'll include myself in this, if if we totally understood this this idea of God the Father adopting us as his our own, like if we really understood that, we would want to be doing everything to understand it better. Yeah. You know, um, Mm -hmm. and I and I think that's what this is speaking to. Just because you're called, that's a good start. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. But but keep plugging at it. You know, because I think the closer we get to it, the more of the joy that involves our like, wow, this this loving God is calling us to be His own, Mm -hmm. and I did nothing to deserve it. As a matter of fact, I question if God's calling me. I question His judgment. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like you could do better. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that spirit of humility uh, that that we definitely see taking place in in Moses there, uh, and and you know we we see that in uh, him one just approaching the bush, two taking off his shoes and listening to the to the voice of the Lord, mm-hmm. right to understand that he's in ho- uh, that he is on holy ground and that he is. He's, he is subordinate mm-hmm. he, to this higher being that's in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the fact that he asks the questions, you know, like, even if he's got those insecurities going on a very human level, um, there's a humility with the response to say, yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like to see that in the second reading as well, um, you know, t- to be able to, as, as Paul recaps salvation history, you know, that... You and I need humility if we want—if if, want, if we really desire heaven, we need that spirit of humility, because it's, that is the one thing that is not exuded and highlighted in the people, in that first generation of the people yeah. in the Exodus. But that's and, also played out in the gospel as well. And
1: it's not because—I'm just putting this together now—of the Charlton Heston God, this, this right. furious God. It's that we won't recognize God if, unless we're humble. Right, right, right. It's not he wants us to be subordinate to him. Right, there were a lot and, of
0: theatrical, uh, you know, uh, you know. Uh, but, but you know, yeah, but if that interpretation, there.
1: right? But if that is our image of God, that that's not who God is. Right. God just all he wants to do is love us, and we won't understand that loving until we have humble <laughs> hearts.
0: He's like, well, I I saved you, I saved you from Egypt, but like now I'm gonna kill you all out in the yeah. desert. Like that's that's mm-hmm. not what we believe in. No. The reason why they died in the desert was because they they did not, you know, they did not have embody the spirit of humility to to enter uh, the promised land. And, and they are a foreshadow of you and I, mm-hmm. as St. Paul talks about in that second letter of, you know, if we don't have that, if we don't have the spirit of humility, then on the journey to heaven for us on our exodus here on the here and now on earth, if we don't uh, if we don't have a spirit of humility and obey the the laws of the church, if if you and I are not um, obedient to the scriptures and and what Christ is saying in the scriptures and in our heart, I, I, and we don't have that, and, and we, I remember, uh, I remember when I was a little kid. I don't remember. My parents tell me all the time because uh, I'm the oldest of eight. Uh, I was probably about a year old. And it was probably right before my sister was born. And we were in the car um, and I had asked, can we go here? I said something, right? In baby language, which is not too far off from how I speak now. <laughs> and Glad you said it. And, 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 you know, at, one, at, at about one year old, mm-hmm. right? Uh, my, father, my father said, well, I don't know if we can, right? And he goes... He, he said well we'll see and i said us not <laughs> <Right>? see <laughs> us not see and then my father he went, what <laughs> and then i started crying but this is because i didn't even at that point i didn't have the humility because i didn't want to listen yeah yeah you know uh, i take it we didn't go where we where i was asking no probably
1: not <laughs> you probably want to go to detroit to watch a tiger game <laughs> The, the humi- I want to stay in the humility thing for for one more one more second because it, it really does affect how we view God and this is going to sound weird but just listen to me on this. Um, you familiar with Bob Ross the painter? Come
0: on, I used to get home from school if I was having a rough day. Oh,
1: you were a Bob Ross kid.
0: Right, yeah. Oh, but the, Bob Ross was on because my father was like my father would deliver bread. Yeah, so he'd be home as soon as it started. So he would like sit down on the couch. He'd be out, mm-hmm. out. Because Bob Ross could put you out. Absolutely. Yeah. But he's so inviting. I didn't know this was a thing among kids
1: until a few years ago when they started talking about Bob Ross in class. But it, there's a point to it that I think is makes an example. It's not meant to be you know, a serious point. But, but one of the things that people like, particularly kids, about Bob Ross is inviting. You're, you're allowed to make mistakes. You have fun with it. Right. You know? Oh, yeah, that's right. And I'm point. thinking if that was the god of the movies we grew up with— Mm-hmm. I think things would be a little bit easier because now you get to be like our age, and you see, well, God is merciful and God loves us unconditionally, and, and there's, there's there's a way to behave. I'm not talking about relative morality mm-hmm. here, but but nevertheless, there's that invitation, you know, and to be put a part tree of something. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you're not familiar with Bob Ross, just Google him,
0: and and uh, yeah, pretty pretty cool guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, very quickly, um, gang, at the end of the the gospel. Um, which I won't read. Uh, I'll just kind of just use, I would like to talk about the, the second half of the gospel. Um, and Jesus tells a parable uh, about, uh, about, a, about a fig tree that is not producing fruit uh, in his orchard. And uh, the owner of the orchard is going to cut it down because it's just taken up space. And the gardener comes up to... Uh, the the master of the orchard and he just says uh, look I, I know you want to cut it down I know it's not producing any fruit but like give me one more year like, and let me work with it and if it doesn't then we'll we'll cut it we'll cut it down and we'll get rid of it and uh, I couldn't help but like as, as I was really sitting with that message that uh, that is the blessed mother, mm-hmm. you know that the, that the gardener uh, intercedes on our behalf and and just says let me let me give them one shot. They all right, They might not have repented. They they might not be displaying the, the like the spirit of humility right now. Um, but let's let let me let me just take hold of this uh, of this person one more time and 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 work with them. And and guys, that's why I would uh, I would strongly suggest here just in this just very briefly uh, to really deepen your encounter with our blessed mother, uh, to allow that relationship to grow. Like if that's the if that's the main objective this lenten season to develop and strengthen your relationship with the blessed mother. Not only will you start to embody a spirit of humility, the spirit of humility that she possessed. But then you will see as time goes on in your life when that relationship grows and deepens that, that, that fig tree in the orchard that was bearing no fruit, you know, and, and the way we really understood this is like the fruit of good works, the fruit of love, uh, that I can promise you that with a, her relationship uh, in your life, you will develop, you know, beautiful acts of of love and mercy and compassion towards your brothers and sisters.
1: Did you grow up with <clears throat> a very heavy Marian presence in your home?
0: Yeah, yeah, we prayed we prayed the rosary all the time. Yes, that's very beautiful. cool. I didn't.
1: Yeah, 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 it was just a different time. I grew up in a religious household, but um, not not like that.
0: Yeah, now yeah, there, there there was a particular time where my parents were <laughs> felt like uh, they were they were very dead set on us praying the rosary every day. And uh, this one particular summer, I'll never forget it. This one particular summer, they were going to pray the the rosary with all of us in the in the evening after dinner because we thank God we always had dinner every night together. Well all of all the neighborhood buddies all everybody knew that like all right we had they had to go home for dinner because everybody came over our house well they would come back in like half an hour because that's usually how long it took for us to kind of just sit down mm-hmm. eat and then we'd go running right back outside to play and now this particular summer <laughs> my parents are sitting down with us praying the rosary and all of our buddies are in the backyard. They're looking through the window, going, "When are you guys coming out?" And we're like, "Hail Mary, full of Wait, Were you embarrassed? <laughs> oh, we weren't really embarrassed because everybody yeah. in the in the neighborhood they knew. knew. but it's it was like, he was like, oh man, you know, like, all right, Jesus is on the cross, and it's like, yeah, I'm on the cross too right now because I want to <laughs> go outside. <laughs> it really, I, I think that's a, and I've only,
1: as you know, you and I have talked about this offline, but it, it's. I, and I got this I think from Father Jassani from Communion and Liberation. I forget exactly where it's from. But you know the the gospel is it's not a book of morality, it's a book of encounter. Yeah. And and that's what you were making me think of when you talked about the, the relationship with Mary, that, that intercession, the encounter with mm-hmm. Mary. Um that is mysterious and if you don't come from a faith background, you listen to this, you'd think we're nuts. And mm-hmm. that's fine, go ahead. Yeah. But when you when you've lived it and you oh. you've you've seen the examples of, of what she could do, um, and 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 be there on your behalf. That is just so mysterious. Oh my goodness! I can't it, she's figure that. She's everywhere. Out.
0: Yeah. I, it like I see some of the smallest, tiniest miracles played out in my life. Yeah. And I know that from her because I ask her yeah. all the time. Yeah. I ask her all the time to help, and she's just she's always there.
1: I think you, I think I told you this, but I have a statue, not a statue, a ceramic piece of Mary on my desk that my mother had made for my grandmother. When my grandmother passed away it, it came to me. And back in January I was putting something on my desk and I was actually doing it carefully but it pushed it off and smashed mm-hmm. it. And I, I wanted it in the front of the desk because if a student's sitting talking to me, I want them to see Mary, yeah. you know, before they see me. Mm-hmm. And my wife painstakingly put it all back together. You know, we got almost all the pieces. Nice. But um, nice. it's just, a, it's such a, a miracle in, in my life that I want to, you know, keep exploring. And we've been talking um, today, you and I had a meeting about uh, World Youth Day in, where are we going, Portugal in 2023? Yes. Yeah. But going back to the last one in Panama, where the, it was from Luke 138, let it be done to me according to your will. I mm-hmm. guess I'm off on a Mary tangent now, as maybe <laughs> we both are, but it uh, just kind of makes my heart happy to talk
0: about her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well guys, uh as we kind of are coming to the uh, the close of week two here into the beginning of the third week of Lent, I hope uh you're able to stay connected with your commitments that you had promised the Lord and uh, we will continue to pray for you guys yeah absolutely you pray for us. thank right? you so much. Take care guys. God bless
1: If you would like to contact Father Dave or me please follow us on Facebook at Locust and Wild Honey. We appreciate your comments on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please tell us what you think and share with your friends.